were just two regular dudes from a state far away. I wouldn't want to live in. They DJ and lift weights. They think they are so great, but no one cared about their opinions. So they start a podcast, I-O-L-T-O-S. I only like their old stuff. That's what they'd say, whether they hate or hype. They're almost never Yeah, well, let's record early tonight. I want to go to bed. One of us said this, and uh, well, then we didn't. And what? And here we are at eight o'clock again, recording again. That's all right. I'm not the one that has to get up early in the morning. That's only in the morning. What are you doing? I'm moving a show note from one part of my show notes to the next. Hmm. Thrilling. Oh, I don't, I'm not looking at what. No, I'm recording right now. So. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, we're recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Well, okay. I guess we're recording a podcast. Yeah. I get on my couch. So I'm trying to get you to bed. Before it's too late. You're trying to put me to bed. Trying to get you already. You can fall asleep on that couch. I might. You never know. I like recording laying down all horizontal like this. <laughs> Are you drinking some kombucha? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm spitting in the kombucha bottle. Okay. Draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> yeah, that's an inappropriate pose right now. <laughs> is it inappropriate? Because this is IOLTOS after dark? Yeah. Well, I'm the only one that has a video feed, so it's wasted on me. They've, uh, I think I think the thing about our listeners is that they have a good imagination. Right. Yeah, you could say that. Can I tell you I'm out of breath from crawling on top of this couch? Out of that? How tall is the couch? It's not. It's not tall. It's just was, you're was, just tired. I was sitting on the floor and I, yeah, I'm tired. All right, easy. I'm. Uh, I'm pointing the microwave. I'm pointing the, the microphone away from my mouth so that I can catch my breath and not sound like <laughs> I'm out of <laughs> Wheezy. <laughs> Wheezy up, yeah, baby. Like George and Wheezy. <laughs> so what's up? Uh nothing much. Just uh you know. Just enjoying that song, Clave. Gave us. How many times you listened to it? About four, five times. <laughs> Who knew Clave could could perform music? He's a talented artist. Like we know he's a talented <laughs> visual artist, but turns out he's a talented musical artist as well. Really, really special. Really special. Yeah. I don't want to 
you know, I think one of the things that one of the biggest life lessons that I've learned from you that I know is important, Mm -hmm. but I'm not usually good at achieving it is doing you. And I'll just say what you do. Yeah. Cause I barely do an estimation of it. Okay. Go ahead. What do I do? Absolutely. You absolutely refuse to stroke anyone else's ego. <laughs> For those of you that are new to the podcast, Joey's number one rule in life, and I quote, if you are at a red light and you see someone else pull up in a solid gold car, you look at them and you say, that's cool. If that's what you're into. Yeah. If you're into that sort of thing, go right ahead. Don't ever let them see you well, be impressed. That's the thing. You can be impressed, but don't ever let them know you're impressed. Well, I'm going to say it. What? I'm impressed. Yeah. I I mean, I I do give credit where credit's due, and I'm impressed that Clave... I'm not surprised that Clave's that talented, but I am impressed. I'm touched. Yeah. I'm touched that he took the time... To to write and perform that song, he wrote an original composition on the piano. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he and he perform. He sent it to us on Instagram. And my favorite part was this sheepish little smirk at the end, where he was like, "I hope they like it." <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because the song is pretty combative. It's pretty uh, against us, you know. But supporting us at the same time, you know, calling us out, I guess, a little bit. Uh, you know, you can't make a song that clowns us without having listened to us. The joke's really on him for having listened to 160 episodes of this podcast. Right. He's listened to probably every single episode. I, I, I venture to say he's listened to every single episode. I'm sure he's he's got to be... I venture to say he hasn't. <laughs> I, no, I think he has. He's definitely probably listened to more than anybody. I mean, the only other person that may have listened to as many as, as he has is... Uh, the good Rev Zell. Yeah, but I think Zell fell off a while back because we ain't heard him. We called, you know, we we shouted him out on some episodes. Didn't hear it's nothing true. back. We, did sh- we, we shout him out on, on some episodes. He never hollered back at us. And now he's sliding back in. He is. That's all right. Yeah, no, it's perfectly fine. Oh. I'll take my phone off the <laughs> network here. Boom. What are you laughing at? Am I T-Painting? You were T-Painting a little bit. Wow. I'm going to buy good, you a drink. I got well, money uh... in the bank. <laughs> There's your started off strong. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I was kind of looking forward to an original song from you. An original or, song or, from or me? No, I'm not, I don't have the talent Clay has, you know. Uh. I mean, he straight up played a piano. Yeah, he did. Piano cat. Um, I always thought that Clave just didn't. I thought Clave was too cool for us. Now you know, not shitting on him. I'm not shitting on him. I'm saying, I legitimately thought that like he's matured in his life and he's moved on from you know being a fanboy of us. But that that song would indicate otherwise. <laughs> I thought well, that I, I was. What you're speaking to is the fact that our the audience that we did really well with back in 2005 
was a, a bunch of teenage boys. <laughs> high school, and high now, school kids. Now Clave is, yeah. he's an adult man with his own politics and his own hobbies and his own career. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's, he's an awake individual and, and why on earth would he return to the, you know, that which maybe got him through his troubled high school years? <laughs> yeah. Well, I just figure that I figure now I'm like, man, Clave don't think I'm cool anymore. Clave's too cool, you know. Well, for you, me, it's like I'm I'm Clave, not cool. Clave is Clave has become cool and realized that you're not cool. It, that's my point. Is that I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, this he was, you know, he was as you are in high school, a goofy high school kid, and now he's cool and you know a renowned cartoonist. And uh, you know who who are we? Two washed up podcasters. Well, I'm I'm. No, you are. Yeah. Um, But I, you know. Okay. As you lay on the couch, literally laying on the couch, this is, this is why you're not behind the desk. You don't sit up straight for the show. So, and that's why he's laughing like so loud that he cannot. Yeah. I think that uh, the truth is the guy on the couch always wound up having more potential. You know, and so I've still got. <laughs> I've still got. Let me stop you right there. Left. That is something that a guy on the couch would say. <laughs> Spoken like a true guy on the couch. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's some shit you tell yourself. <laughs> yeah, sure. You get. You'll be here one day. You'll get here one day. <laughs> Once you learn how to use a computer. You know, microphone, etc. <laughs> You'll get here. I believe it. <laughs> he, he's laughing so hard you can't. He he's he can't even breathe. Dead air. <laughs> we didn't. We did. It's uh. I got you know. We we started podcasting before podcasting was cool. Yeah. And now we're trying to podcast like we're back in it, you know, and the truth is nobody fucking likes podcasts anymore, but Yeah, but now we're podcasting like, after podcasting is cool. So we we yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we never we just missed we out missed. on the on the on the, the peak. <laughs> we, we we weren't there during peak podcasts, yeah. but now that you know, nobody cares about it anymore. We're back in the game. Yeah. And uh, and I'm trying to say I'm cool. <laughs> hey, uh, check out our podcast. We're two middle-aged uh, dudes, middle-aged white guys with a podcast. Can you believe it? How how, how old would you say? Thirties, yeah, thirties. Thirties. Thirty. Yeah, thirties. Well, shout out to Clave. You got a big shout out. To yeah, big shout out. Much love. Uh, you got any housekeeping? Um, not exactly. No, there's gonna be. Oh, you're too painting. Things that reference back to some things that some people. <sighs> there now. Try it now. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Well, it's all right. Okay. All right. Well, no, I mean, other. Look, keep it in your board shorts next time. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm excited about this episode. Okay, I'm good. I got a lot of stuff I'm, I'm to say about to, this OC I'm, podcast, this OC episode. Um, so no, no housekeeping at all. No, not really. Just uh, you what do you got? You got anything? I'll shout out to Matt as always for keeping the fires burning on the old Iowa TOS Instagram. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, my hesitation is not about. Um, uh, uh, reluctance to support Matt in that. I, yeah. I, I support that fully. I, um, I got some, I was trying to work through some, Matt, Matt had texted me individually. I'm not going to bring it up on the, uh, I'm not going to bring it up on the show, but hopefully he gives me permission, maybe bring it up next episode. I'm going to, oh. he, he, he told me something today that I find to be wonderful news. Okay. But I'm not sure he wants that news to be public. So, oh, Okay. That's exciting for everybody so, that doesn't know Matt. That's <laughs> real good. <laughs> oh, can't wait. Cannot wait. Shout out. I want to shout out to Jake too, because I've been pretty harsh to him. The, the, you this have week. been. It's just, I, the, I don't know where it turned into Jake versus me or me versus Jake rather. But uh, yeah, I want to, I want to deescalate that. Cause I love Jake. You know, he's he's a brother to me, but uh, you know, I think I think it was there. There was a lot of tension around Christmas with the whole Die Hard thing. There was a lot going on there, and uh, yeah. So sorry, Jake. I'll uh, I'm gonna tone it down a little bit. I know that you're incapable of toning it down, Jake, being that you are who you are. But <laughs> damn it, fuck! That's- I couldn't even go two seconds without. <laughs> It's in my nature. It's just, I just, I'm the scorpion. Oh, God. Well, here we are. Oh, I, uh, I wanted to shout, I wanted to say, uh, shout out to our, uh, one of, uh, podcast fans, Mark. He's having a rough time right now. And, uh, just sending some love your way, buddy. Hope you're doing all right. Shout out to Mark. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, man. Ninja T sent in his opinions on, uh, what was that thing that we watched? In and of itself. Yeah, I don't think I can read them because I think it'll spoil stuff. But Ninja T watched it twice. He said the first time he didn't fully get it. And then he watched it again by himself. And he was like, man, this is like almost a spiritual experience. And I think that's a, that's true. Yeah, I feel bad because uh, he put a lot of time into his thoughts on that. He did. And then I was in the middle of a busy day and I never got back to that text thread. It's all right. I responded to him in detail. So, I, well, you know. Okay, so that's, you know. Okay. <laughs> right. When when there were two yeah. when there were two sets of footprints in the sand. One set of I footsteps care. you was carrying me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When's the, have you listened to the dissect podcast? Uh, again no i actually haven't the the problem is man once again i I, like i have driven a car so little in the past two weeks compared even Mm -hmm. compared to like the month before that so i I just need to like i need to listen to it while i'm doing something on the computer but if i'm doing anything that involves typing like writing things i cannot listen to any anything in my headphones so you know what i would say i would say don't just save it. Just wait. Just save it. Yeah, yeah I know. Save but it. I wanna, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Did you watch? Listen to more of it. 
I, yeah, I was listening to some of it today. So on Thursdays, you know, I drive, I'm in the, I'm in the car for two hours total. Yeah. And so I just listened to, I listened to about half an hour of it out of those two hours. Yeah. And that's the only time I listen to it because I know once I'm done with it, I can't go, I, you know, so yeah, I'll you're never listen to it for the it. first yeah. time again. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would say to you, don't worry about it. Yeah. And don't try to listen to it at home because it's not, you know, it's, it's too good to, you know, just like get a time and, and you'll get around to it's it. It's one that I got to really but, focus know. on, you know, cause it's like so many details. Like right now I'm trying to listen to the giant bomb uh, year end review that they do. And it's like every episode of that is like three hours long, but there's a lot of filler in that where it's like them just discussing various games or whatever. And like, I can kind of tune out a little bit, but, um, something like that dissect podcast, I have to listen to it intently, you know? Yeah, totally. So. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I, 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 yeah. What's up? So what's your height? Uh, Tony Danza. Oh, you gotta well, you gotta introduce the episode. All right, my hype is Tony Danza. Welcome to episode one sixty one of I Only Like Their Old Stuff, the podcast where we answer the question, "What's the hype?" I'm Jay Ho, and with me is Groove. Hey, yeah, yeah. It's my hype's Tony Danza. To tell me more, who's the boss? Uh, Tony Danza, you a multi talented dude. He's not just the guy from Who's the Boss. He's uh he's he writes articles for newspapers, etc. One thing that he does is he uh he, he puts puts out his family recipes. And uh he has a delicious spaghetti sauce. And Jackie made it this week. And it is delicious and I just had some more tonight. We had leftovers tonight. And it's fantastic. And you think I'm you think I'm joking? Tony Danza makes a mean no, I, sauce. I don't, I don't think you're joking. I just think maybe I'm in the middle of like an unintentional fucking flashback or something that I'm having auditory hallucinations. <laughs> yeah, You don't believe you don't, you, yeah. you don't believe your ears. I just don't understand. I mean, I'm just like still waiting on how we got to where you began reading. Tony Danza bylines in various newspapers and from where you began to get his recipes and what took you there in the first place. Well, when you're as, as, uh, ubiquitous as Tony Danza, you just, you just run into him, you know, you just, you, he crosses your path when you, when you consume lots of different types of media like me, you get exposed to Tony Danza's thoughts on things. And then if you're lucky, you, you get, you get his, his spaghetti sauce. Listen, let me sure. let me tell you this about this. Let me tell you the parts of the spaghetti sauce, all right? Please. So it's this, it's this tomato-based sauce, right? He makes you make full-size meatballs for it. Okay? With like the breading in them and everything, yeah. like the crumbs, the breadcrumbs and stuff. And you you pan-fry those and then you put a bunch of sh- of short ribs in there in the sauce. You do the pork short ribs, and uh, you slow cook it for like two hours, and then you got all. It's like a it's this spaghetti sauce with all this meat in it. From what method did you f- read this recipe? Where did you find this? 
somebody shared it on Facebook one day, and I was like, <laughs> Tony Danza don't know shit about spaghetti sauce. And I told Jackie, I was like, because we made this thing one once before, like a year ago. I was like, yeah, Tony Danza thinks he's the shit with his spaghetti sauce. And then she was like, well, this looks like it's pretty good. And uh, then I read some reviews of it, and it's like, Tony Danza knows what he's talking about. And uh, we tried it, and it was good. And then she made it again this week, and it was it was even better. Do you make it? It's the same sauce? It's the same sauce, it just doesn't have the meatballs. And we use the Brajol instead of the... Well, okay, but yeah. Jackie has entered the podcast in, room yeah, to correct the record. She just, She's overheard Joey be, talking about Tony wow, Danza's I actually, sauce. I actually make Tony Danza's sauce on New Year's, too, she said. which she, It's not Tony Danza's sauce because it doesn't have the short ribs in it. She makes this uh, Brajol that's really good on, on New Year's in it. She claims it's the same sauce, it just doesn't have any of the same ingredients in it. Except for tomatoes. She's saying she hates me now. Um. <laughs> what? Did you ever see that movie, Don Juan, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt? No. Scarlett Johansson? I did not. Tony Danza was in that movie. Hey. Yeah? So Was he good yep. at it? There you go. Was he good? I mean, Tony Danza was probably the best thing in that movie. Yeah, well, I believe that. Did it, did it age as good as, what is that, 21 Days of Summer or whatever? 200 Days of Summer? Is that <laughs> Joseph too Gordon, many Days of Summer. That Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie where he's just a whiny incel the whole time. It's got, what's her name in it? Zoe Deschanel. Mind yeah. your business out there. Yeah, Jackie's just shouting, Zoe Deschanel. 500 days of summer. Tell Thank her you. Watch fucking Sam Rockwell the producer movie. is chiming in. She says 500 days of summer. That movie has not aged well. It was char- it was a charming hipster movie at the time and now it's like, "Ew, that's kind of gross. That dude won't leave that woman alone." <laughs> uh, yeah, how the times have well, changed. And Don Juan, Joseph Gordon-Levitt also won't leave another woman alone, Scarlett Johansson. What? And uh <laughs> The, it's a it's actually like a, a Trojan horse critique on uh, a pornography addiction. Ah, well, <laughs> it so. sounds like a feel good movie. Well, Tony dances in it. Hey, <laughs> who's the boss? <laughs> What's your hype? <laughs> um. <laughs> No, most of the time, I think that it's somewhat problematic that we live in this kind of uh, era of <clears throat> everyone having a, a camera phone, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time it doesn't really work out for the best. But well, if you'd stop doing problematic today, things, people would stop filming you. No, so, well, I got so. nothing to hide, so I don't worry <laughs> about the CIA tracking everything I do. Yeah, sure, <laughs> okay. that carries a lot of weight with me. Yeah. Uh, today we today we we got to see uh, Ted Cruz in a as as the state of Texas is in a state of emergency and literally, literally freezing. People are freezing to death on the streets. And, yeah, can't get food. Yeah, can't get anything. Ted Cruz loading up on his roller bag to go down to Cancun gets busted at the airport by a bunch of people taking his pictures. And now, now he's out here saying, Oh, I was just going down there for one night to drop my daughters off. Yeah. 
<laughs> he showed up at the airport, and people were like, what the fuck are you doing here? Get back to work. He, he, uh... <laughs> God. Everybody... Clown. So these people, these... Apparently, there was a, uh, a group text with a bunch of uh, families that, you know, uh, go to the school uh, yeah. with his daughters. Yeah. And... And now uh, some of those families are screenshotting and sending the uh, text messages to reporters at the New York Times about how Ted Cruz's wife was like, who wants to come with us? That like anyone can or want to leave for the week. We may go to Cancun. She teased a direct flight and hotels with capacity. Seriously. And then nobody responded to them. Nobody likes them. And once nobody responded, she said, "We have a gas stove, so at least we can heat water a little, and we're happy to happy we're happy to help anyone that needs help." But they, they fucking bounced. So she tried to get a group to go to Cancun, and then so that her daughters that she, could yeah. have friends. Nobody said we're going to go. Everybody sent them links to the school's policy about no international travel and how her daughters are going to have to quarantine yeah. when they come back. Yeah. Ted Cruz gets on this flight. They go down to Cancun. Everybody's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And this motherfucker's got to come back from his week long vacation <laughs> to come back to shitty Texas, just fucking frozen over <laughs> like, shitty Texas. He hates the state that he represents. So is trying to get out in the middle of, of the worst situation. What a fool! Can what? you imagine Ted Cruz in Cancun? Just fucking <laughs> imagine him. How does that dude have a good time anywhere? You know, just you know, he's he's a, he's got to be. I, it's like I said to somebody the other day. I was like, imagine being Ted Cruz's friend. That day ain't got no friends. No, there ain't no way. He ain't got no friends. You know, Lindsey Graham said a couple years ago he could get murdered in the middle of the Senate floor and nobody would bear witness. Like nobody would, nobody would snitch on whoever killed him. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that guy. I fuck Lindsey Graham too, though. And you know what? I'm gonna say it. No, I'm not gonna reduce to that level. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Take the high horse. I'm gonna take the high horse. I'm not gonna talk about his mullet. Okay. So that's, I don't know, that's my hype. I just thought it was hilarious that this guy who just thinks he's above, you know, just common decency gets straight busted at the airport. And he's, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to drop off my daughters in another country. I'll be right back. <laughs> Which is not my joke. It's not my joke. I saw that in a tweet. Yeah. How, how do you... <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah, do you, you just see the meme with him? Whole, it was his... his uh. His head pa- plastered onto Billy Zane's head from Titanic, and he's like, "I've got a child." He's trying to get on the lifeboat on the Titanic. <laughs> like, that's like they were like, "This is Ted Cruz coming back from Cancun or whatever." Imagine being that just lack of, the lack of self awareness to be like, maybe this isn't a good know. idea. You know what? Our where it's the middle of a global pandemic. Our our state has fallen apart. I'm the elected representative for the state. You know what? Fuck it. Let's go to Cancun go this Cancun. week. Everybody's literally dying in our state. Yeah, Let's that's a normal thing for people to do. Good God. I can't wait to get an email from somebody who listens to the pod and be like, Well, you know, there's not much he could have done. That's right. That's his right as a person. Yeah, I'm well, there's not much he will do. That's the thing. He might as well go to Cancun because yeah. he ain't going to do fucking shit for anybody. 
<laughs> Fuck him. I'm just glad. I, I'm glad I'm not a Texan. Yeah. I, I said it. He's just like. It's like a. You know, I was just. I just know. watched. I saw that and I was like, you know what? Keep it in your board shorts next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Call All back. Right, I'm not gonna. <laughs> Call forward. Call forward. What's uh? What, uh what's your not the hype? I'm gonna tell you what my not the hype is. Okay, that's why I asked. You know, I didn't. I wasn't bullied. I wasn't pressured. <laughs> I'm a man of science. Right. I'm a man of fucking I science. I listen yeah. to the evidence uh-huh. that's presented in front of me, and I make decisions based on evidence. Okay. I get an air fryer, and all of a sudden, I'm the fucking laughing stock of everybody, and I'm getting made fun of for joining a group. Is this what it feels like to join, you know, any kind of other group where, like, oh, you join a group, and then everybody makes fun of you for joining the group? Like, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of shit is that? Well, you poo-pooed the rest of us for enjoying our air fryers. Like, God forbid we enjoy something. You're like, eh. I never, I, I never, nah. I never. It was your attitude. Never, never did I ever say anything wrong about It was your attitude. You didn't to have to say one. anything. You just, the way you turn your nose up whenever anybody talked about their air fryer was, it was palpable. You, you never saw my nose turn up. We weren't, we didn't start the video feed until last week. I was watching week. you. I was like, go to one way camera. Bat, batchands.com backslash Patreon to <laughs> sign up for our video feed. <laughs> for a live video feed. That's had some bad chance tonight. Did you? You got that bottle yeah. that uh, who gave it to you? <laughs> I'm still nursing that bottle. Of shoulder surgery Dan gave me. Yeah, yeah, you better put another order in. You can run out and then you're I not gonna to. have it. You're totally right. I yeah, gotta put another order, you an in. order in. I'm gonna get three bottles. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. That's the, that's the move. Get the three bottles. You should get the three bottles in the get t-shirt. The, get the t-shirt pack. Oh, I could get the t-shirt. It's got the t-shirt with the octopus on it. Do you have a T-shirt? Yeah, I got the the, the pack that has the. I got a. Uh, it's like a me, maroon color T-shirt. You can pick the color you want. Let me ask you this: Is it is it like a hundred percent cotton or is it a pre- tri blend? Oh, it's a it's a hundred percent cotton. It's a nice shirt. It's like next level or something. Mm. Well, then it's got to be a, a tri blend. Well, I thought you were referring to whether it was a nice shirt or not. Yeah. Well, is it a nice shirt? Yeah, it's a nice shirt. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice shirt. I mean, I guess it's a tri-blend. I don't know. I think it's next level. It's like a, you know, just a nice shirt. Well, the t- I do. It's not, it's I, not I, no Hanes I mean, next level. Beefy tea or anything. It's not like that. It ain't no Gildan? No, it ain't a Gildan. I, I like a 100% cotton shirt that's real soft, though. I don't like them Gildans and stuff, but I like the real soft, nice ones. Yeah, I don't, I don't like putting on a t-shirt and feel like it's just been starched. Yeah, that's what you know. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody wear Gildans anymore. Hanes beefy well, tee. So, some people still put their logo on a, a crap T-shirt and they sell it for cheaper, and then you wind up with this shitty T-shirt you're never gonna wear. They do, but I'm telling you, you have a little more faith in Batch Hands. It's a nice shirt. Okay, all right. Well, I'll do that. I think they got one that I'll says get, I'll, that I'll says Grillin' Dad on it. You could get that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Yeah, I get it. I don't even own a grill, much less <laughs> enough guns to necessitate a gun rack. <laughs> it makes it even better. It's more ironic. 
Well, she's not the hype. That fucking balloon guy. The the balloon message guy on Instagram. Y'all seen this? You seen this guy? Other than what I've sent you? I mean, I, not other than what you've sent me, but there's another guy. It's the same guy. It's the guy that holds up the signs everywhere. Yeah, this guy is like sign guy, but fuck him too. But yeah, balloon no, guy. No, definitely fuck sign guy. Yeah, fuck him, but balloon guy is worse. Balloon guy, all his stuff. So this, this for those of you who don't know that aren't you know on the internet at all, it's the guy that he takes these letter shaped balloons and he writes these condescending fucking hipster messages on like a solid colored wall, like a brightly colored wall. He lives in Portland, if you can believe that. And uh, yeah, he's like, and he he makes sure he's in the shot, and he has a DS. He he takes a picture with his DSLR of him. Doing the, as they say, the uh, the Pixar smirk uh, in front of the wall with some condescending message. Like one of them's like, "Don't send nudes. Send me your proof of you going to your therapist or something." It's like, "Fuck you, man! You fucking condescending douchebag! Fuck off!" I hated that guy forever, and I kept telling everybody he sucked. And then all of a sudden, this week, it blew up on Twitter that that guy sucked, and I was like, "I told y'all." So everybody's just been dunking on that dude on Twitter, and uh, what, been what some, happened? Uh, nothing. He wrote that that send don't send nudes, send proof of your therapist or whatever, and then everybody was just shitting on him for like making fun of mental health issues or something. Apparently, people like right. shit on him a couple months ago about how expensive those balloons are and how wasteful they are, and then he went on this thing where he called oh, yeah. everybody. He's called a he called everybody fascists for saying that his balloons were expensive and all this shit. He's just a fucking douchebag. He's like this forty six year old dude from Portland, and he looks exactly like your. Uh, if you have a mental picture of what this dude looks like in your head, that's what he looks like. <laughs> fucking hipster glasses, etc. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, man, what's wrong with nudes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah like come on dude anyway, that's what he's always trying to be sanctimonious like you know I don't know he, he says a bunch of condescending shit I'm not I can't even like bring up another one I can't think of it off the top of my head but there is a there is a funny worth it. there's a generator like a meme generator and uh yeah that's the one the one I sent you last night was made with that meme generator and <laughs> who else up playing with they worm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a generator that puts the balloons on the wall, and like it looks somewhat real. And the things he's doing are actually real. He puts the fucking balloons on the wall, but that. No, I woke up this morning. You know, my yeah. my morning on Thursdays it starts at five a.m. So when I wake up, I'm not really with it. Yeah, and you must have sent that in the middle of the night. You know. Yeah, that's and I, I woke up this morning. The very first thing I saw was just so it looked real to me. Yeah, you know, I wasn't analyzing the picture. I just I saw that. I was like, "Of course." Oh wait, no, yeah, of course he sent this. I'm like, who else up playing with a worm? <laughs> who else up playing with a worm? <laughs> I sent you the other articles. There were some pretty funny articles about this dude. <laughs> One said, "This is my favorite headline from yesterday." Everyone's mad about the balloon guy again. <laughs> <laughs> And the other one says, trying to figure out why everyone is dunking on the balloon guy. <laughs> Ugh, that guy sucks. Fuck him. I love how much joy 
I love how you're not the hype brings you more joy than your hype usually. Oh yeah. Like if particular, it, you are your single animating force is Schadenfreude. It is. Like that's the thing that you relish the most. That in that way b- ne- never being happy is in my favor because it's actually being happy because not being happy <laughs> makes me happy so Yeah. If you see some condescending uplifting quote unquote bullshit then look up balloon guys fucking post he started signing them in this is the thing that pissed me off the most he started signing them recently with small balloons with his spells out his name at the bottom little tiny balloons spells out his name oh jeez. oh oh god and a lot of the things he's stolen from other people off of twitter and people are like he's actually signing the things that he stole off of twitter he's like putting his name on signing it Amazing. What an asshole. Amazing. What an asshole. Yeah. All right. Uh, All right. What's your hype still out? Well, I'll tell you what my hype still out is, is I, um, you know, I've been telling you for a couple weeks, I'm going to be a couple weeks, a couple months. I'm going to be mailing you this IOLTOS poster that Clave drew season two here. Yeah. And I've, I've moved it. Closer to the door, so it's it's one step closer. One step closer, but the, the hype is still out because I was. Will it make it? Yeah. Probably gonna. I was gonna go this past Saturday and do it, and then I was like, man, I don't really want to carry that to the car. Nah. I I already told you a couple weeks ago, my my not the hype is running errands. Yeah. So this is running an errand for you. So that, you know, I mean, that may never happen. I don't know. I still have. Yeah, well, that's all right. That's okay. But, you um, know, I'm staring at it now. I'm staring at it every day. I said, oh, okay. I really ought to. Yeah. I could just take that out. I, just, I could just take that today. It's the thought that counts. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a cool poster. You're really, really you know. Like it when it if if you get it yeah if I get it that air no you're just you were teething okay. in a little right. bit I think it's your I'll buy you a drink I'm gonna buy you a drink you got money in the bank <laughs> what's your what's your hype still out uh number one my mini hype still out uh, a new Mortal Kombat movie came out with a trailer today. Uh, trailer park i saw it twice i had two different people send it to me the second time somebody sent it to me i watched it again yeah it was pretty good i didn't i'm I'm gonna say the hype is in well i don't know i need to see it but uh that second mortal kombat movie was terrible the first one was bad but in a great way um but that second one was real bad so uh it, it is something that like in the, the the they rebooted the games quote unquote, but actually they just did some weird stuff with time and did it. But they've done some great cheesy stuff in the games, and I hope that they kind of stay with that in the movie because it's a really great like over the top ridiculous thing, you know. And it looks like all yeah. the ridiculous yeah. shit is in there. So I didn't really see my boy Johnny Cage, I don't think, but uh, but it looks like Sonya's in it, Jax yeah. is in it, and uh, Luke Scorpion. Kang and- Kung Lao. Okay. So yeah, you gotta Kung have Scorpion. Lao. You yeah. gotta have uh, Sub Zero. Looks like the main bad guy, other than I guess Shang Tsung. But let let me ask you this: You think you think Goro's gonna make an appearance? He did. He's in the trailer. 
Okay, so I got to be honest with you. I watched the trailer with no sound twice. Oh, okay. You didn't watch it with the sound? No, oh, because I was at work and I didn't want people to know I was watching a movie you trailer. That, you put a shit that that shit on the loudspeaker. Um, he, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that shit when we're off when got, we get done recording. Yeah, turn it up, man. You got to hear Scorpion go. Get over here. Oh hell yeah! yeah oh it, man, it looks good. But yeah, I think Goro's in it. I think he's in it for a second okay. in the trailer. It's like a real quick I shot, s- but okay, okay, okay. But it looks like they're going hard R on it, like you know super aggressive like fatalities and all that stuff so yes it's a red band trailer yeah because like i feel like that second one was like pg-13 or something i think that's what fuck yeah i mean i got i got a lot of love for that first one yeah well a great soundtrack too you know ridiculous soundtrack but they used to play at the laser tag place that we would play at in high school how hype is that God, I just I, I would just rip that laser tag vest off and just punch. I just just ripping ripping kids' spines out. Just test your might. Yeah, yeah. Kano's in it. I like old Kano. You know, he ripped somebody's heart out. Of course. So, yeah. All right. What's what's number two? Uh, so that my my other hype still out is uh. I'm going to play in my first Dungeons and Dragons campaign since middle school this weekend. Dude, the number of people that have either gotten into for the first time or gotten back into Dungeons and Dragons in the past 18 months is is outstanding. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the pandemic had a lot to do with it. They said they had their biggest year in sales or whatever. The same company makes Dungeons and Dragons that makes magic wizards of the coast. Uh And now they've intertwined Uh some of the stuff. So there's like characters that cross over and everything. But uh, Jackie's Jackie's been interested in doing it for a while, and I was like, "Yeah, we should try that and see if you like it." Because um, she likes to play games and stuff, and she thinks the fantasy stuff's cool. But um, one of her friends is a, a she has a couple that's a friend of hers, friends of hers that they are real into board games and stuff, and they've been doing it for years. So they were like, "Hey, do you want to do you want to join our campaign? We're gonna start a new one." So uh, that's kind of cool, and I mean, they know. I know some of it, but like I said, I, it's been middle school since I played. But uh, they they they're gonna handle you know all the administrative stuff with it, and they they know what to do. So I think it'll be cool in that way. We don't have to like figure everything out. Like they're gonna t- tell us how how to play and stuff. So, but uh, have I told you <laughs> about uh, Bill's relationship to that game? No, but it does not surprise me that Bill has a relationship with the game. <clears throat> It's a thing that he keeps on the low. So I don't even know. I mean, fuck it. nobody nobody knows Bill except for me. So okay. I think his anonymity is pretty protected. Yeah. But the guy that introduced me to Bill and Bill and like five other guys have been playing the same game. Yeah. For like 20 some odd years. Okay. So they played like when they were in high school or something? They started playing, yeah, back in high school. And now, you know, some people came in later and whatnot. It was every Sunday. Their campaigns would be like seven years long. Yeah. Wow. And they would, if you died in the campaign, you could have been out of the game for like three years. Are you serious? 
I'm a hundred percent serious. Like, so if you died, you the don't get to play anymore. Time, well, you died. They, you had you had to wait till the campaign was over. So years. And later, these guys huh? have been they're so high level. Yeah. And they're so deep into the game that like the dungeon master, like th- he would set up these campaigns that just took years to do. And I'll be honest with you, it was the most, I, I, I mean, it's one of those situations where like a documentary should be made about this group of friends. Yeah. Getting together and sitting around a dining room table where the guy that's the dungeon master worked as a cartographer professionally. Okay. And he made this map that spanned the entire dining room table that wow. they would collect around for like three hours every Sunday night. For years, and yeah. I, you know, look, I'm I'm not going to do it justice if I keep talking about it. So I may as well just not do it justice and stop talking about it now. But I will tell you, I was on my way out of a holiday party at this guy's house, mm-hmm. and I started talking to the dungeon master, and I did not leave for an hour and a half. Well, that's a good dungeon master. I, then. <laughs> yeah, he I was, wove a tale for you. <laughs> I was so. I was so fascinated with just the depth and the complexity of, of their relationship to each other and their relationship to the game. And they play first generation. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mike, uh, well, the friend that introduced me to bill was in line to go see star Wars and the store right next to see star Wars had dungeons and dragons, the first generation. And he walked in, bought that game, watched Star Wars, and then went home and started playing. Wow. Like OG Hell of Star a thing. Wars? OG Star Wars. Like when it, on the original release? So this dude's like older than me? Yeah, he's older than you are. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, real shit. Real shit. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah they're on like 5th edition now. That's... It's like 5th fifth, fifth edition rules now, which I'm sure that those guys don't, don't agree with none of that. You're you're totally right. Uh, that was a big part of the conversation. It. When they changed the L, yeah, they were out of it. We were done. Yeah. Well, uh, no, the their critique of the fifth edition or the later editions is that it <clears throat> is a little bit too handholdy. Oh, uh, okay. You know, you don't yeah. have to do as much work, and you don't have to use as much imagination and whatnot. And um, I, I and I, but this was like not long after that. Um, well, I guess it was a year. I mean, they they. I can't remember where they were in the campaign, but I always had every intention of just coming over and watching. Yeah. But during the pandemic, they ain't playing. So I don't know. Oh, they're not playing. I'm, I support yeah. you giving this. A... Yeah, we, well, yeah, they did. Yeah, it's understandable. We, th- these people live in our neighborhood and, uh, they have a kid and stuff and they're, re- they've been really careful about their situations. Uh, where and everybody wears masks. So, uh, I think we're gonna be all right but um yeah but uh yeah I'm, I'm kind of excited about it i'm i'm into it it's not I, you know i people play it at places where i play magic all the time so I'm, I'm i'm around it i just never have played it but i once i get done with my my documentary on bill then i'll do the spinoff documentary on his playgroup well i, I to be honest with you it's <laughs> just high time for us to get bill on this podcast we, I know, well i know i know I hear it's he gives he makes comments every once he doesn't give his his full comments like he used to but every once in a while he'll say something and I'm like ah oh, he listened to the episode this week you I know? don't even know he uh 
Yeah, every once in a while he he'll could, send a text. Be like, it could be like Zell. Yeah. Not really listening anymore. He's doing these deep dives now where he's creating these curated playlists of various musicians from one period of their career that like isn't as popular. Uh, he's done it with, uh, he did it with Neil Young. He's done it with Prince. Now he's on Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And I'm just fucking here for it. I hit subscribe every time he creates a new po- a playlist. He's going to do new radicals next. <laughs> I told him, he, well, I'll, we'll get to this next. I, I'll i go into my consuming. Okay, I'll start what? my consuming. Yeah, sure. I told him to do Elton John. Yeah. What's I like, your opinion on Elton John? Oh, I love Elton John. Huge influence What's on your my favorite? musical tastes. What's Tell my me, favorite what? Which 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 albums do you like the most? I like his first album a lot. Um <clears throat> in high school I liked that album that came out. What was that one called? That had the one on it. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling up the discography right now. So, oh, the cat just came in. What was that? Would be like ninety something. The one that was the one I liked in high school a lot. Um, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, I like that one a lot. Yep. Um, I think Madman Across the Water is one that I like. Yeah, that's the one with Tiny Dancer on it. And uh, the one that has Someone Save My Life Tonight. Keep going. The what? Well, I didn't say anything. I was just listening. Oh, I thought you just you just glitched I, out a little bit. I really bit, only. So. Uh oh. What? Are you there? I'm just making sure we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can I'm you, here. Can you, you hear it? Okay. Uh, Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy is the other one that I like a lot. That's the okay. one that has "Someone okay. Save My Life" tonight on it, which is my favorite song by him. Um, I, but admittedly, I'm more of a singles guy with him than I am with than the al- full albums. But I would say I know more of the album cuts than a lot of people that are fans of his are do. But I still like I love his greatest hits a lot. You know. Okay. Well, and I'll get into his greatest hits, but <clears throat> I've really only listened to two albums of his, and I love both of those albums, but. His discography is so rich; it's so big yeah. that I, I I've started getting back. So I, I I always wanted to watch that Rocket Man movie. Mm-hmm. That's really good. So you watched it? We went to the theater and saw it. Um, yeah, I went to see it with the same group of friends that we went to see the Queen movie with, and it was interesting okay. to compare the two. I think it's better than than the Queen movie. Well, I'm probably 20 minutes into rocket man and i can already say it's better than the queen movie i I did not like the queen movie the queen movie wasn't Um, wasn't honest and that uh, the thing about rocket man that movie is brutally honest to the point where i was like elton john signed off on this like you would think somebody like him would be like well make sure make me look good and everything but it's based on his autobiography and he he let him put all the bad stuff in there too you know like the well, the you know, you know, it's like, crazy because the the Rami Malek, I think, is a really good actor, and he was the best thing in Bohemian. Oh, Rhapsody. for sure, yeah, he was great. But this kid, I can't remember his name. Who's playing Elton Taron John? something or other? He he's in the uh, yeah the the Englishman or something. What's that thing? The Queen's Queen's yeah something. What's the King's the, the Kingsman. Kingsman? Yeah, Kings yeah Kingsman. He is good. 
Yeah, he doesn't necessarily really look like him. He just he just channels him, you know. I think he's really good, but yeah. But I he's so great. I was I've been I've been getting back into Elton John as a result of watching that movie. Even though I, you know, I mean, I don't watch any movie in one sitting anymore. I mean, yeah. it takes me a week to watch a movie. But my favorite album is Honky Chateau. Okay. And that's got, I mean, that's got Rocket Man on it. Okay. Um, but it's got a lot of other good songs on it. And then I love Caribou too. That's so the, Caribou's got the bitches back. Yeah. Which is oh yeah. So I mean, Honky Honky Chateau hit. has a Honky Cat. It's got a Rocket Man on it. Mona Lisa's a Mad Hatter is another great song of his on there. Yeah, it's a killer song. I put that song, song on my winter 2020 playlist. Yeah, it's a great song. It's one of his great. I think he said that yeah. that might be his favorite song. Yeah, it's got, oh, Don't Let the oh. Sun Go Down on Me is on Caribou, too. I have Caribou on vinyl. I think I got it. It was given to me as a bonus for another album. I bought an album, and sometimes people will throw in another album, and it was a copy of Caribou. So that's cool. I have that. I have his first yeah, album so I'm, I'm, and I have his greatest hits on vinyl. So, yeah. <clears throat> well, I'll get into, um, those two that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, also t- today, go on. One of his later albums that is actually very good is, uh, songs from the West coast. It came out in 2001. Okay. It's the, it's the album that relaunched Robert Downey Jr.'s career. Because fresh out of rehab, Elton John was like, I want you to uh, lip sync to this song in this video. And it's just Robert Downey Jr. lip syncing to I Want Love. And the whole video is just him like singing to the camera. And that was like what relaunched his career. I um, feel like I remember that. Yeah. Um, it, it's really good. Um, so I got one more thing that I've been consuming. Sure. And it is what I emailed you to put into the show notes. And so okay. I'm going to depend on you to, uh, you know, to put this in the show notes. But if, <laughs> if anyone is, um, you know, not able to access the show notes, go to dinosafari.com backslash audio tour. That's dino. Hold on, you're you know, paying. God damn it. Say it again. Am I better? Yeah, you're good now. Dinosafari.com. Okay, dinosafari.com backslash audio tour. Scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll see Dino Safari song. Okay. So dinosafari.com backslash audio tour. Scroll to the bottom of the page. And click on Dino Safari song. It's the final song available on the Dino Safari tour. Okay. And I'm going to say that Grizzles sent this to me. Mm. He clearly took his children okay. to a drive. It's like a drive through Dino Safari where they have these big statues of dinosaurs and they've got a bunch of different audio tour options as you're driving through yeah. you can play it in your car and then at the end of the tour you hit the dino safari song and i'm telling you right now i listened to that song three times in a row that sounds like some hype to me it's so fun to listen to okay yeah. i'm not gonna say anything more about it all i'm gonna say is just hit play you're not gonna regret it well, you know one thing that 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 two year old me and forty two year old me have in common. 
You love for dinosaurs? Fucking love dinosaurs. Love some dinosaurs. <laughs> got a shirt. I got a button-up shirt with dinosaurs on them on it. I love you got dinosaurs. Got some underwear with dinosaurs on it. Oh, well, yeah. When I do, if I on this rare occasion I do wear underwear, I have some dinosaur underwear. Yeah. Well, shout outs to Grizzles for passing right. along the Dino Safari song. <laughs> and then one it. more shout out to uh uh shout out to Mikey. He passed along the song too. Um it's called Shrinks the Day and it's um it's Kikagu Moyo with another band. Uh Kikagu Moyo is this like electric rock, like just like straight up rock and roll band out of Japan. Mm-hmm. They're really good. And um, so they got two new singles out. And um, if you like that kind of music, you're really going to enjoy it. It's like noodly rock and roll. Well, there's not dinosaurs in it. I'm not interested. So. Well, you don't have to be. I mean, he's, you know, he's runner up. So yeah. it's okay. <laughs> and well, so is Grizzle, so, you know. Yeah, well, the Dinosaur Safari song is a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you what have you been consuming? Uh, I've been on my uh, you know I'm still on my my 2021 tour of uh, tragic 90s band of uh, tragic 90s lead singers. Oh, YouTube. Uh, yeah. And I've been listening to uh, a band that I used to listen to in high school a whole lot. It's uh, Stone Temple Pilots. And uh, went back. Oh my and, god. Okay, let me interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. Because I thought about you yesterday. So. Yesterday, I woke up super early in the morning. It was my day off, and I was in a good mood, and I was listening to some music, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take it to the streets, and I put on my Instagram page, my story, I said, what have you been listening to? It's one of these options that people could suggest. Yeah. They could put their own answer in and say anonymous. I had like 60 responses, and I created my own prison for myself because – for the, I, you know, I had like five or six people respond right away, and I went and I took the song or the band that they were listening yeah. to, and I went and grabbed a, like a cool looking picture, not just a lame picture, a cool yeah. picture. I posted that response and I added the song or the band that they were listening to, a song of that band, and somebody said "Mad Season." Oh, really? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I how do I know this mad season? What is this mad season? And I went and listened to one of the songs. I was like, Oh my God, that's the dude from Alice in Chains. That's Lane the, Taylor. you know, that's, yeah. and, and it just brought me all back. You know, yeah. it's good. Is it? They're, they're good. And I forgot. I knew that mad season song. Uh, da- uh, river of deceit. Yes. River of deceit. Yeah. Down, so down. Yeah. That's a great song. Um, I think that might be his greatest vocal performance. That's Lane Staley, and this is a this is a callback to last week when uh, that was uh, I was listening to a lot of Lane Staley stuff. So that Mad Season album is lesser known than his uh, Alice in Chains work, but it's really good. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on that album. But that that River Deceit is definitely the best song there, and that's. Dude, I gotta tell you, I got exhausted by what I did to myself. Yeah, because I had to go through. I, did you look at that at all? Uh, yeah, I saw it. I didn't. I didn't. Didn't respond to it. But yeah, I mean, I did. I wouldn't expect you to respond to it, but each one of those panels took forty-five to ninety seconds. 
Yeah. And it was it was over fifty five. I stopped counting at fifty five. And I didn't I didn't check my DMs all day. Yeah. Because I was just doing that. I was like, if I'm gonna open Instagram, I'm just gonna work on this a little bit yeah. and then I'm gonna take some time off, go do some other stuff, right? Yeah. At at the end of the day when I posted the final one, I was like, All right, let me go to my DMs because the the little counter in the top right of Instagram stopped at twenty. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I got 20 messages. That's a lot. You yeah. know, to me, that's a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> I had over 150. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah, I that like, many people that wanted hell? to comment on that? Wow. Yeah, but a bunch of people that, you know, that, that were like clicking through, they would be like, oh, I love this song. I forgot all about this. And there was a lot of people that was like, this is what you listen to in a day? I was like, fuck, no, this isn't what I listen to. I don't <laughs> listen to 60 different bands in a day. What is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway cool so you've been listening to stone temple pilots, stone temple pilots which, uh, important band to me in high school p-dog and i it was uh, when their second album came out purple p-dog and i got it on like the first day it was out and he was working as a janitor at the middle school up the street from me and oh. i would go and visit him at night when he was cleaning up and we would just put that album on like the boom box or something we had and listen to it over and over and over again. Um, so, you know, it's funny that you say this because we record on Thursday nights. Mm -hmm. You were talking about Allison chains yeah. and Staley and, and, and yeah. mad season. And then we talked a little <laughs> bit about Scott Weiland. The mm -hmm. next day I went into the gym and I put on stone temple pilots. Did you? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. They got it some good really tracks, good. man. It's funny that like I watched a bunch of those uh, the Tree Rock stories, and a lot of it, like they have some that are like what the critics thought of them. And at the time, the critics said that they were just a, a Pearl Jam knockoff, and they are so not that to me. Like they weren't at the time, and right. I guess I was just did not. I wasn't exposed to that kind of criticism then. But like I just think they're so different than that. And I think Scott Weiland is maybe in the top 10 greatest frontmans of all time. Maybe not from like a singing, like a voice. I mean, he's got a good voice, but like having seen them live twice and watching a bunch of videos and stuff, he was just such a great presence on stage. He was just amazing. He's just running around and jumping on stuff, you know, and like screaming at the audience and shaking his hips and stuff. And like, it's just a great like rock and roll performance, you know, and sadly his life kind of turned out like the rock and roll tragedy, you know, he's addicted to drugs and passed away from, from an overdose, but, um, you know, and just kind of fucked up his life in the end, but man, he was such a, yeah, I don't know. I just thought he was the coolest when I was a kid, you know, I was like, totally. that's a cool, that was like, cause you know, like I didn't, I didn't grow up with like Mick Jagger on my TV or anything, you know, it was like, I, when I got to be like rock and roll in a rock and roll age, it was, you know, Anthony Kiedis and <laughs> Scott Weiland on my TV, you know? And like, sure. I don't know. I just thought that he was the coolest and that uh, a lot of the, their music still holds up. That purple album, I think is a perfect album. I mean, it's start to finish. It's great. I was listening to some of their live stuff too, that they have on Spotify, but yeah. So that, I saw them on New Year's Eve one time. It was really cool. Really? Yeah. They uh we saw them I saw them one time in college and my friends from high school there was four of us best friends from high school. Two of them were two years were younger year younger than us. So the other three of them came down to Charleston 
to see me and we went to the Snowdell Pilot Show. Cheap trick opened up for him and it was really awesome. And then I went with my buddy Steve, who's one of my best friends from high school, uh, on New Year's Eve one time. We we saw him and they were great. Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, yeah. One of my old friends from back when I lived in Florida, he that's all he did was talk about Scott Weiland. Yeah. That's like all that's all he it seemed like you know uh, what what is it the Churchill said a lunatic is someone that won't change their mind and can't change the subject? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's what this guy was about was Scott, Scott Weiland. Talking yeah. about seeing him in concert and Weiland walking across the stage and naked with yeah. just a beanie on yeah. and it said outlaw on the front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. That, that's him, man. So, Weiland. Yeah. Um, I remember I have a, a vivid memory too of like when I first met my friend Steve. I had known him for like a week and then I went to Walmart and he was in there buying that purple album. And I was like, Oh, we just got that album. It's like, this is one of the times that I first talked to him was, uh, was over that purple album. But, um, Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, also Jackie and I watched the Godfather part two. I watched Godfather last week. Watched, uh, Godfather part two this really? week. Yeah. What'd and she have to say about it? She didn't like it as much as part one. Um, okay. most people would okay. say that part two is the better one. I liked part two better than the first one, but they're both great. It's almost like one movie, you know? Okay. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really know too many people that prefer one over two. Yeah. It's a little, I will say She's that like, little, it is a little disjointed in the way it tells the story. Cause it jumps around uh, the time periods and stuff a lot more than the first one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, she liked it, but, I uh, but I've man, I was loving it. Um, that guy that plays Fredo was such a good actor. Um, he died really young. Like I think he was only in like three movies. Four. Four movies, and they were all nominated for Best Picture or something. Yep. Yep. If, is that a ter- trivia that I'm John Cazale? 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 Cazale. Yeah. Cazale. He was in uh. Man. He was in Dog Day Afternoon, which is a great movie. Um, and he's in The Deer Hunter. Um, yeah, just a really good actor. Um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, that's about it. Just consuming. So, well, you know what I think. What? I think if you're not watching the UFC, get the fuck out. Welcome to the OC, bitch. Um, let's see here. All right, so this is episode 23 of uh, season one of the OC, and this is entitled Banana. And this is the uh, first appearance of Seth's grandmother, Sandy's mother, uh, affectionately referred to as Nana. Uh, her full name is Sophie Cohen. And she is played. She is played by the great uh, actress Linda Lavin, uh, I believe points. Emmy-winning actress who uh, starred in Alice, the t- the sitcom Alice. I don't know. You don't. You don't know that. I don't even know. I've never even heard of that. You never heard of Alice? Kiss my grits. No, I don't think so. Kiss my grits. You never heard that? Flow. Nope. Flow on Alice, no? Okay, well, it was, not, it was an 80s sitcom. 
I believe she won some uh, some Emmys for her performance on this show. But she's uh, she plays the Nana. Uh, this the main storyline is about uh, Nana coming to see the Coens from New York, where she lives, and it's kind of a surprise visit. And uh, her her reputation precedes her as everyone is terrified that she's coming because she's supposedly really mean. Um, and then the other storyline is we're dealing with the uh, the fallout of Marissa finding out about Luke and her mom. And uh, it turns out that she has run off to Chino. And the other sort of side story of this episode is that Ryan has gone to Chino to try to get her to come back. She goes to stay with uh, Teresa. And, of course, Eddie's not happy that Ryan's back around. And it is Teresa and uh, Eddie's engagement party happens to be on the same day. And so uh, hijinks ensue. And uh, we have a, you know, we have a Marissa meltdown, as is usually the case after something traumatic happens with her. The drama's, the drama's too big for Newport, so we got to go ruin somebody else's party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they had to go ruin another party. This show is just all about people ruining parties. It's the whole the whole <laughs> show. Um, also, in the main storyline, they're preparing for a, the Seder, Seder dinner. And, uh, you know, there's a lot going on with that. <clears throat> Summer has embraced Seth's uh, Jewish side and is trying to learn about the Jewish religion and um, there's some stuff there because she wants to meet the Nana and Seth does not want her to because he's afraid that she's going to scare her away or something. And uh, the big, sor- when, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I love when Nana comes and all of a sudden we're Jewish again. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a direct quote. Um, and there's also another storyline with Jimmy and, and, and Haley kind of connecting and starting their relationship, I guess. But the big sort of bombshell of this episode is that uh, the Nana, the reason the Nana shows up, she's being really nice. And they're like, what is going on? And finally it comes out that she has terminal lung cancer. And so she is sort of trying to get her affairs in order with her family. Um, And that creates some tension between Sandy and her because Sandy wants her to take, uh, you know, to do the treatments and everything. And she, she doesn't want to do that. So. Yeah, we have some tension between her and Kirsten because she doesn't agree with the rich lifestyle, I guess, because she is a uh, social worker and committed her life to social service. Uh, yeah. So that's the uh, sort of the overview. Um, what are your notes? Haley, and as a an offer of an olive branch, some amends wakes up and cooks breakfast for everyone the next morning. <clears throat> it's not a it's not expected by anybody at the house and Seth says, "Oh, mom, she made three different types of pancakes. They're deliciously redundant." <laughs> yeah. That was quite the spread. That's a that's a very intense um, breakfast she made. And then the, presumably they don't eat any of it, which is frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Cuz everybody's like, "I got to go. I, we got to get ready for the Nana to show up." I really appreciate and enjoy uh, Sandy, who is ever the constant, getting rattled, yeah, truly rattled, rattled yeah. by the, you know, his in anticipation for his money, he comes in and he's shoving, you know, everything off the. We have to unleaven the house, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, we have to pretend and, we're Jewish again, basically, you know, yeah. And 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 Sandy saying, you know, he's talking about his, you know, his exposition for the audience, but he's talking to Kirsten about 
how his mother, you know, is, you know, maybe she says, well, Kirsten says, maybe she'll be happy that you're happy. And he says, no, no, not the Nana. If you're happy, you're not working hard enough. <laughs> yeah, true. I like the I like, Nana. I don't know. So I, yeah. I was, I, I really liked uh, Sandy's anxiety about his mom coming to visit. And then as, you know, uh, the Nana shows up, she's different and she comes mm-hmm. and she addresses everyone with a compliment. And then she steps to Haley and she's, Oh, that's right. The bad seed. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's uh, telling Seth that his father was in a, in a gang in high school and, and Seth goes, Oh yeah, dad, bloods and crips. And he goes, it was more of a youth group really. <laughs> yeah. Good His life. own self own about not being tough in high school. Um, mild critique uh, in Chino, you know, Ryan's there trying to force Marissa to come home. And, you know, this, this, this is kind of just treading water while we're down here in Chino. We have about five different scenes in Chino yeah. and they're all basically the same scene. You know, it's, Ryan sees Mar- Tra- Teresa. Oh, you know, I'm here for Marissa. He sees it. I'm not leaving. You got to go. I'm not going to go. I, you got to go. I'm not going to go. You got to go. And then Eddie, you're still here. You're still here. You're still here. And then I, I don't want to leave. You got to go. I don't want to, you know, I got a little tired of it, but yeah. When Eddie confronts Ryan in the front yard of the house, he says, I'm going to go get a drink. And when I get my drink, you better be gone. Ryan goes, tries to go back in the house, and one of Eddie's friends stands in front of him and says, you're not going to come in. He does a single push. Now, Ryan is no stranger to fighting. Yeah. We've established this character is no stranger to fighting. He gets one push from a guy that's about his size, and he winds up on the ground. Yeah. All right, fine. I didn't think he should land on the ground. I, didn't, I, I, I just saw that as like he's not going to get in this fight. He's not going to. He's not gonna. He's not there for that. He's there to help Marissa, and uh, <clears throat> he's also just kind of overwhelmed because I thought it was kind of a nice touch that when he falls on the ground, he just kind of lays there and just stays there. Yeah. He's just like fuck my yeah. life, like uh, you know, yeah, like totally, just like ugh, like if you ever had. I just like, thought as a nip as a what. It was just a nitpick for me. I was like, that was not that hard of a push. Yeah. It was just a get out of the way push and he falls on the ground. Yeah, but I, I it seemed like he kind of tripped or something. I don't know. But I, I feel like he was just totally disengaging. Like, I'm not going to fight these dudes. Partly because there's a bunch of them. And I'm sure he grew up with them dudes and saw them stomp some people out. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the, that the whole Chino stuff for me was annoying because it's just like, uh, Marissa's being frustrating the whole time, you know, which I guess I understand why she's upset, she, but she's just frustrating. It's like, come on, go back to your house, go back home, stay with your dad. Yeah. You've been with your dad anyway. Yeah. Like what's the, what's the, the deal here? You know? Um, but you know, at the same time, she is a kid. She is a kid. Yeah. And she, and this is a, a traumatic thing for her to, you know, that her mom is hooked, hooked up with her ex-boyfriend, you know? I'm not discounting that at all. It's just like I kind of hate that the show all all the show gives Marissa to do is to be upset about things. I feel like they shortchange yeah. her character sometimes. I think that we harp on her because of Misha Barton's performance, but I think that the bigger thing is the writers don't really know what to do with Marissa. And uh she's supposed to be like sort of the she's like the ver- she's like Ryan, but what if Ryan was rich? 
you know? It's like she's the bad. She's trying to do good. The bad she girl trying, trying to, to do, do good, good, and like the one that gets in trouble, she's trying, but she's trying, and like yeah. But they just don't give her that in- many interesting things to do, and then conversely, that Ryan spends most a lot of the show trying to rescue her, you know. So, um, I I uh, there was one music cue that I dug. Okay, I know that you. It's probably the same one for you. The modest mouse in the backyard. Yeah, float on coming in at the engagement party. Float on plays that, that when they're setting up for the engagement party or they're starting the engagement party. Uh, Modest Mouse is a great song, float on, and I believe that was like right when that song got released. Like that was hot right then. Um, so they, I think they kind of timed that with the the that episode. Modest Mouse plays a more of a role later on in the show, not in this this episode, but later on this this future seasons. Um, yeah, that was great. Also, uh, "Just a Ride" by Jim is in the one of the early songs. It, sorry, scenes, and that's a really good song that's on that first mix, OC mix. Uh-huh. And then the final song of the uh, the episode is "Heartache" by Chris Murray, and that's a pretty good song too. Um, I had a yeah a larger <laughs> frustration with sure. the uh, episode. Now this uh, this episode, like, I'm not really mad at the episode for this. Because this is pretty, like, standard soap opera behavior. Yeah. And this, I thought, was a pretty standard soap opera episode in the sense that we've got two storylines here that are just incredibly high stakes, just, like, almost artificially high stakes. Right. You know? Someone's dying. The, yeah. The nana is going to come and try and repair a relationship without telling anybody <clears throat> that she's dying. So yeah. They have great memories of her. And Misha Barton or – you know, Marissa's run away because she's found out that her mother thinks having an affair with her ex-boyfriend. Like these are, you know, I mean, especially the, you know, the Julie and Luke Marissa one is pretty artificial. Right. Yeah. Um, But the thing, the trope here that got on my nerves a little bit was people making these like big point and even Haley does it too, make a big point, a big emphatic point to whoever they're talking to. And then they just stand up and walk away. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right yeah so sandy sandy makes this big plea to his mother to stay alive and it's while they're on the backyard and she's smoking and at the end he just says enjoy your cigarette and just walks away he just throws you know, throws his cape over his together. shoulder and storms out yeah yeah and yeah. and and Haley does it to jimmy when she's walking to the door to leave his apartment after yeah. dropping off her cupcakes and cookies and then uh, marissa <laughs> does it too when they're sitting in the in the you know in the backyard of the engagement party i don't want to i don't i don't want to go home and yeah. just fucking Storms lights off. out just yeah. like walks away from as if he's not gonna fucking still be at the party in 10 minutes yeah right yeah there's a lot of storming off in this one uh, confrontation where the person didn't storm off that I really liked was uh, Kirsten is the one who sort of uh, she becomes she does the Sandy speech in this episode. She becomes Sandy. She brings the sand hammer. She drops the sand hammer on the Nana because she's like she's the one who's like, look, this is the situation, um, and you know she she says it in a way that Sandy would say it. Which I guess is conversely, yep. like they're just kind of the same person, and they're they're so good together that they they have the same unified front, you know. And she she stands up for Sandy as Sandy would stand up for her. It's it's interesting to kind of compare the relationship here between Sandy and Kirsten and 
his mother, and then Sandy and Kirsten and her father, Caleb. So we have Caleb on one end of the spectrum, and then we have the Nana on the other end of the spectrum. And there's, you know, they both are have, cause conflict. And uh, this, you know, usually it's Sandy that stands up for Kirsten in the face of Caleb, and now she gets to return the favor and sort of stand up for Sandy. Um. To uh, to the Nana. Yeah, I liked it. I I wonder. This is the first time we've seen. A, if we're gonna do outfit check, I've got two outfit checks. Oh, I got I'd some like to stuff to you. say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sure you. Uh, well, I'm not sure. I uh, first and foremost, Kirsten puts on and keeps on a scarf <laughs> throughout the remainder of the episode, and and it's a tight scarf. It's like she's trying to hide a hickey. I thought it was like she was. If you've ever seen like a a stage version of Dracula, Mina Harker wears like a this ridiculous scarf to cover up the the holes in her neck or whatever, right? Um, or like a vampire victim. I don't know about that. It, it, Mina Harker doesn't get bitten. I don't know. I can't remember. But anyway, it looks like she's covering up a vampire bite. Like, no, I'm fine. Nothing to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a ridiculous scarf that's like a it's like something that like the Scooby Doo gang would wear around their neck, you know? Like Fred totally. from Scooby Doo. Like it's it's like an ascot almost. <laughs> it's an ascot yeah. Chauncey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's and it's so jolting that I'm I'm every time she walks in the room, I want the characters to like acknowledge it and be like you mean to be wearing that is that this is a new thing that you're going for or like that's the thing but i guess once again i guess there's some weird fashion stuff at the time that we don't remember well maybe the silk speaking of weird fashion stuff we've got we've got uh you know uh marissa dressing as Teresa most of the episode and then <laughs> yeah. that she looks reasonable she looks good she looks fine and then she comes home and gets changed for Seder and she wears the most probably at least top five most egregious outfits she's worn so far <laughs> I don't remember she that. shows up in the pool house for the final 12 seconds of the episode in a in a very low cut white silk top and a pink tutu <laughs> I didn't even notice it. That's how much I wasn't paying attention to that. I just did not. It was the end of the episode and I was ready for it to shut down. And then she comes strutting in with this pink tutu on. And I said, Oh my God, (laughs) it's Seder. It's the Seder. What are you doing? Wearing that to Seder? What's Nana going to think? Yeah. Um, my, my Gentiles coming to Seder in their tutus. Go on. Uh, I, fashion thing that I noticed Jimmy wears some pants with the biggest cargo pockets on them I've ever seen in my life like this this was the height of cargo pant like cargo pants were hot then you know and he has this pair of cargo pants on when he shows up at the the house to to, to say hello to Haley or whatever and they have these giant cargo pockets on them which I endorse because I love some cargo pants, cargo shorts. I'm all about it. I like to carry all my stuff all the time. Um, but yeah, I just I just wrote down cargo pants <laughs> in my notes. Well, uh, I didn't. When it looked like Summer was wearing a koofy, 
when she showed up to meet the Nana for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, Summer, that's that's not that's what Muslim men wear. That's not what Jewish yeah. women wear. I did notice that. <laughs> I will say props to Summer for like really like engaging in like she wanted to like learn about their religion and you know, that's this thing that's part of Seth's life. And um, you know, and once again she has a moment where she's like, You're underestimating me to to Seth. Like you're you're embarrassed by me. And like this is this recurring thing with Summer. We she wants her character wants you to know that she is smart and she knows how to like handle people and deal with situations, you know? And so Yeah. Good on her. Um and uh <laughs> I, I forgot this one. Uh so Sandy says, "Oh, it's it's Ryan's first Seder," and then Seth goes, "You don't know that. There's probably Jews in Chino." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't make, don't assume that. Yeah. Um. And uh, what else here? Uh. Oh, there's a nice moment at the end where Ryan's like, or Sandy says to Ryan, he says, "What was it like being home?" And he says, "You tell me. I was in Chino." Hey, like uh, that was really nice, you know. And uh, I also yeah. i I want to shout out again Linda Lavin's portrayal of uh of the Nana in this. She's great, and she has some great scenes with all the characters, and she feels like she's related to them. Um, yeah, she spars with Sandy in this great way, and you can see what Sandy got from her, like the good things Sandy got from her. And there's a scene yeah. with her and Seth in Seth's bedroom where she's kind of apologizing to him for not being honest about her passing away or whatever where she's kind of has this like kind of brutally honest conversation with him about life and death and everything and it was just once again i think that that adam brody is a is a good actor and i think that he he stands toe-to-toe with these actors that are older with more experience than him that was just a real nice scene with the back and forth between them that felt like a sandy and him thing almost so i was like okay i can see this through line between sandy and her you know um, I agree. And, you know, uh, a little directorial moment there. I really like that shot. It was an overhead shot straight down to their hands. Yeah. Yeah. And it was her hands and his hands. And it was just, you know, there's not a lot of those moments, but that mm-hmm. moment, like whoever directed that episode, I, I thought that was a really neat moment. And I yeah. did think that, um, you know, we've got the the comedy in a play between Seth and Sandy, but this episode it was a similar thing, but it was the drama between Nana and Sandy and Nana and Seth mm-hmm. that made it feel like it was a similar dynamic of like, we can speak, you know, I mean, the, you know, is the, they, you talk, you know, I mean, I, I think that that's the other side of that coin is like those that can make good comedy can also be a little bit more candid in a dramatic situation. Mm-hmm. I think maybe on screen, but also in life, you know, I mean, if you've yeah. got a really good for a sense of humor then you then you recognize what tragedy is yeah there's like an emotional maturity there to those characters and you know I don't know it's just it, it oh what happened yo 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 yeah we're here um yeah speaking of like the the shots too there was um there was another nice shot at the end when they're doing the Seder dinner where it's like a crane shot and they kind of pull back, you know, on their family um, through the window, you know? And it's yeah. just kind of nice. Is like, I did like that this episode was another episode that reminded me why I love the characters so much because, like, that scene in the end where they all get together for dinner, 
and it's nice. They're having a good time and like they're enjoying each other's company. I'm like, it was just like this heartwarming moment between these characters that I love, you know? And so it was, it was, it was nice, nice way to close that out. Even though that there was some heavy stuff in this episode. Um, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. There was a lot of soap opera stuff in this, but that's, I mean, that's what the show is, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I, just, I mean, I, there are times where I'm like, I wish that sometimes they were just like, you know what? This episode doesn't have to have all these B plots. You know, we could just focus on the main plot, but they seem to always feel the need to send somebody to Chino or, you know, have this sideline plot where the characters are pulled away from each other, you know, but yeah, that's just a lot going on. I imagine that's why some characters kind of disappear later on. Cause I think that the actors didn't get, don't get enough to do, you know, um, mm-hmm. we poor Luke in this episode just gets shit on the whole time. <laughs> well, but you know, I guess this is just the consequences of his actions. But he does try to show he shows up in Chino to try to get Marissa to come back and she slaps him. But I, maybe, maybe him allowing her to like react is like a good thing for her, I guess. But it's uh, yeah, Luke is just the villain again, you know. Um. So anyway, you got anything else to say? Man, I think I'm done. All right. Well, that's our wrap up of that. And uh, you can check us out on Spotify or our shitty website iolts.com. You can email us. I only like their old stuff at gmail.com. Um. Yeah. Other than that, I guess we out. See you next time. Have a good night.